And good morning here. Um, we've got uh, we got some folks in house today. I want to I, I want to ask you at home to do me a favor. I want you to look at the calendar, look ahead. We've got a few Sundays left in March, and then we go into April. I want you to write on your calendar when you're going to come to church. When are you going to come and join us? And I know that there's there there's still some uh, some reservations. Uh, in our uh, in our neighborhood and in our area of Southern California, but the church is open. You can come here. We would love to see you here. And uh, okay, so all of you, can you make some noise so that they could hear you at home? See, okay. So we want to. Uh, we really want to uh, to see you. Um, we are at, uh, right now we're meeting at 425 West Ryder Street in the city of Paris, California. And the doors open, church is, uh, church is here at 10 a.m. And uh, come, come and join us because here's the thing. We are working towards coming back for good and coming back in a large capacity. So if you're at home, make plans. Look at the calendar. Start looking ahead, saying, when are we going to go to church? Because the church is here, and the church is open, and we are looking forward to seeing you. If you open your Bibles with me this morning, we're going to be in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. And we're continuing in a sermon series called, That's Just Not Me. We've been focused in this sermon series on identity. And the entire goal of this sermon series focused on identity is to realize that we're not who we think we are. We do not create our identity. It's determining who it is that has made our identity. And it's realizing that to be more Christ-like, it's going to require a change. It's also realizing and understanding that if there's going to be a change, that it's not up to God to change to us. It's up to us to change to God. Amen? Amen. We also looked last week at seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. This morning, we're going to take this all a step further. We're going to take what we've been studying and put it into application and see that what our lifestyle of our Christian identity is or what it should be. Again, it's not for you and I to define what the Bible says. It's not for us to define what our lifestyle as a Christian should be like. The Bible gives us answers to the idea of lifestyle, how we should live. And the wonderful thing about it is it doesn't change. God's direction for our lives does not change based on society. It does not change based on the year. It doesn't change based on what Twitter wants. It does not change. It's in the book. It is there. It will be there. It does not change. If you've been with us for a little while, you've heard me talk about the difference between a lifestyle and a Christ style. If we are recognizing our need to change from our self-made 
and, and world-made identities, and we are going to grow closer to Christ, we are going to have to change a lifestyle. If we're going to grow closer to Christ, we need to, as we see in our faith, die to our lifestyle and be born into a Christ style. Amen? This is where we live closer to Christ and further from us. See, a lifestyle, it's all about, it's all about our life. But a Christ style is all about Jesus. The difference is that we don't get to define the parameters of a Christ style. Jesus has already done that for us. This morning we're going to look through Romans chapter 12 and we're going to see what we're going to see what Paul is writing to the believers in Rome and teaching them. Now, Romans is written to Gentiles. These are not Jews. These are not people who grew up in Jewish faith. They're not people who grew up under the law, which are the rules, the 613 laws that we find in the Old Testament, Ten Commandments being part of them. The Gentiles here in Rome that Paul is teaching to, Paul has told them in chapter 11, one chapter before what we're going to study today, that they were grafted into the family. That's an agricultural term. It's when you take part of a tree, you're going to connect it to another tree, you're going to kind of tie it, they're going to live together, and now they're going to be grafted, you are going to grow. But you have a root, you have a main part, and the Gentiles were grafted in. You and I have been grafted into or adopted into the family of God. So Paul is telling the Gentiles in Rome, and he's telling us what needs to happen now to live our lives, not in a lifestyle, but in a Christ style. Romans chapter 12 is going to take us through this. Let's start out in Romans 12. We're going to start out in verse number 1. We read this. The Bible says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Here's the first point in your notes this morning. For those of you taking notes at home, write this down. Your new Christ style demands drastic change from your old lifestyle. Your new Christ style demands drastic change from your old lifestyle. Some other versions in uh, some other versions in Romans would would read it like this would say in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, I appeal 
to you, therefore, brothers. We're going to bring that camera shot back here, please. So it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. The word appeal in the original language here, the original Greek, it comes from the root word that means to call alongside to help. So Paul is saying, I'm coming alongside to help you, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible is saying to us is the Bible wants to, the word of God is there to come alongside us to make drastic changes, not subtle changes, drastic changes that will be noticeable changes. I don't know if you remember back in um, back, back in kindergarten, uh, Sunday school class, when you were a kid, there was a song that the kids used to sing about bullfrogs and butterflies. Anyone remember that? I'm getting a lot of people shaking their heads no. Okay, so maybe it, maybe it was just me. I'm not going to sing it for you. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to save you from that. But it was this idea that, that bullfrogs and butterflies both are something absolutely different than what they were born. There is a drastic change between a tadpole and a bullfrog. There is a drastic change between a caterpillar and a butterfly. There must be a drastic change between somebody living a lifestyle and somebody living a Christ style. It is a noticeable change. To come alongside and help. That's what Paul is saying is, I appeal to you. I come alongside to help. I want to tell you, that if you are struggling to grasp onto a Christ style, that there is somebody here who is ready to appeal to you and to come alongside and help. That's what a family does. We come alongside, right? I want you to see this from the book of 1 Peter. Chapter 1, verse number 13 reads like this. Peter writes, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come, will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to this world. Watch this. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your own ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know better then. See? There is a difference between then and now. There's a difference between, between B.C. in your life, before Christ, and now. The Apostle John writes this in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15 and 17 through 17. He writes this, he says, Do not love this world, nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love for the Father in you. For the world offers only offers a craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Let me tell you, let me show you the application of this. 
our drastic change from our lifestyle to our Christ style will be noticeable. You know who the first person it's going to be noticeable to? You. Maybe you're the second one, because maybe God's the first one that it's noticeable to. But it's going to be noticeable to you because your Christ style is going to change your behavior. It's not going to be the same that it was yesterday. Maybe today included more time in the Word. Maybe it included more time in prayer. Your Christ style is going to be noticeable to your family. Somebody's going to see this. It's going to be noticeable to your coworkers. It'll be noticeable in your language. And I know when I say that, we think, okay, so I'm not talking like a sailor anymore. That's what comes to mind. But no, it'll also be noticeable in your language because your language now directs people to Jesus. Your language now is more than, hey, how you doing? To, hey, I'll see you at church on Sunday, right? It is a Christ style. Everything points towards Jesus. It's going to be noticeable to your friends, to your acquaintances. And most of all, yeah, it's going to be noticeable to Jesus. You can imagine. He's had his eye on you and his arm around you for so long. He's been waiting for you for so long to come closer. Don't you think he's going to recognize when you do? He's going to recognize when, like, he stops having to tap you on the shoulder and remind you because you've already tapped yourself and, and now these things have become part of your life. They have become habitual. It has become habit forming to live for Christ. Of course, he's going to notice that. Just like your friends and family are going to notice that. I want, to, I want you to come back with me to see what Paul's details continue like as a changing from a lifestyle to a Christ style. We're in Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. Paul writes this. He says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Here's the next point in your notes this morning. Your new Christ style demands humility. It demands humility. In order for you not to be the first person in your life, you are going to have to humble yourself. In order for you not to be the first person who you're thinking about, you are going to have to humble yourself. One of, the, one of the things that pastors learn, one of the things that pastors learn on their trip through seminary is that when you finish school, when you finish school, and you're going to end up going into the community. You're going to end up going back into the world. You're going to end up teaching people. As humility is really important. We're certainly not to be arrogant. 
as pastors. We're certainly not to be arrogant as Christians. But let me tell you what can happen. You come to Christ, you read your Bible a little bit more, and, and you get some knowledge, and, and there's, this, there's this thought, there's this idea, and it's, it's not even something that you create. It's almost natural that I'm closer to God than you are. I know a little bit more than you, you do. And we kind of start looking down on others because of their faith, because of their faith level. Ours has become a little bit higher Sometimes somebody takes on a new role as a Bible study leader. Then we start to look down on others. We're told to be honest. Be honest about ourselves. That requires us also to be honest about other people. To understand, hey, you're put here. You are grafted in. You are adopted. Yes, you know what? To be adopted, you should be proud of that. We should all be proud of that because somebody wanted us. We were chosen. But we can't let that go to our heads, right? Because somebody else who we may not have chosen has been chosen. It's our job to minister to them. And Scripture says here, he says, to measure ourselves by the faith that God has given us. That sounds a little bit strange when we look at it. We don't, we don't measure ourselves by what we know. We don't measure ourselves by what we do. We don't, we don't even measure ourselves by how holy we are at, at times. Some people say, oh, well, I, go, I go to church every Sunday I'm there. Every Wednesday night, I'm there. Every Monday night, a small group Bible study, I'm there. No, God says to measure ourselves by the faith that we have, but watch this, that God has given us. See, your faith is not man-made. You didn't make your own level of faith. God gave it. It was a gift. Let me tell you something here. This might shock you. That God might not give everyone the same amount of faith. You know somebody who might be years older in age, but seems to be much less mature in their faith? God's given us all a measure of faith. The question is, what are you doing with the faith that God has given you? If, if God gave you one ounce of faith, what are you doing with it? If God gave you two tons of faith, what are you doing with it? See, it's not for us to measure other people by how much church they're going to, by how much Bible they're reading. Their faith, the amount of faith that they have, that's between them and God. It's still our job to do our job. Before I get to our next piece of scripture... I want to let you know, and go back into your email if you didn't see this. I wrote and I sent out an email earlier this week. Because there's something that's been on my heart for the last few weeks. This Sunday, today, actually, it marks this milestone in our church, in, in many churches throughout California. But here, I know, this is the 52nd Sunday since we were able to all meet together in person. You know that? It's been an entire year. A full trip around the sun. 
since we were able to meet together in person. We now watch church on television. We watch it on our computer or we watch it on our phone. We give God his tithe online, right? We go to our small group by logging on to Zoom from our couch. That's what we have to do. I understand that. The most profound prayer and concern for the church that I have right now is that we don't become complacent in our change. That we don't get comfortable in who we have to be because who we have to be right now is not who we are. It's just who we have to be. You know, scientists, they say it takes 21 days to build a habit, right? They say it takes 21 days to break a habit. If you can stop smoking for 21 days, chances are you can break that habit. 21 days. We've been in this situation for more than 21 days. We have been. We've been in here for 365 days now. We will come out of this someday. And it will be easy to look back and to pat ourselves on the back and to say, you know what? Look what, what we learned to broadcast church online and, and we made the changes that were necessary to adjust to church during COVID. But I pray that our change does not become the new normal. And, and I pray that our couch does not become comfortable. There is a significant harm that results when the church is not in its proper place in our lives and we let busyness creep into the place that the church belongs. The time that we used to put into church has now been transferred in some lives to other activities that have themselves become new habits. Let's face it, a year ago we had a habit. About 9.30 we left home, we went to the school, we went to the church, we walked in, we got ourselves a cup of coffee, we went over and we sat down, we stood up when songs came on, we put our hands up in the air, we sang as loud as we could, we, sat, we walked around and shook hands for a little bit, we let the kids go back to kids ministry, we came back to sit down and take notes and learn about Jesus, we shook somebody's hand on our way out the door. That was our habit, right? That time is not there. I promise you, there are people in the church. This isn't just in our church nationwide that have let other interests seep in to where God belongs. We cannot let a lifestyle get in the way of our Christ style. As drastic as some changes are, here is what has not changed during this pandemic. The need for the gospel. It hasn't changed. As a matter of fact, I would suggest and I would argue that the need for the gospel is actually more profound now than it was a year ago. Not only a year ago were there people in our community who did not know Jesus, but now, and I promise you this is happening everywhere, there are some church members and family who have not been heard from 
in 52 Sundays. There are some church members, there are some church family members who we have not connected with in an entire trip around the sun. I can only do so much. Our Facebook can only do so much. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, marketing and evangelism are not the same thing. They're not. We can only put so many flyers out, and we can only put so many Facebook ads out saying, come to church, come to church, come to church. We need relationships, and they need to stay solid during this. Amen? Amen. There are so many souls who have not been heard from in 12 months. Our work is not done it's actually become more critical than ever to minister. I ask you, and I ask you to pray with me, that the couch does not become comfortable. Pray with me that the entire church family has a desire to come back home. That we don't give our new hobbies and our new interests the time where God belongs. That we don't become complacent in our ability to go to our church from our home. Because here's one thing. The people who need to hear the gospel are not on your couch. If there are people on your couch that need to hear the gospel, I pray that you will talk to them. Lean over, turn right now and ask them, come to church with me next week. We're in Romans chapter 12, verse number 4. Paul writes this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Write this down. Here's the third point in your notes this morning. Your new Christ style comes with responsibilities. Your new Christ style comes with responsibilities. I know that the Lord has blessed you with a gift. He has blessed all of us with a gift to be used for His glory. Since the pandemic hit, let me ask, has your gift been held back? A Christ style might see us living in the desert for 40 days, but we're still to walk out hungry and minister to the devil in his world. Amen? We still are going to walk out of this hungry, knowing scripture, being able to stand up for what's right, be able to resist the devil, and to go out and minister. Many of you know that our 2021 church theme is all in, hold nothing back. We are all to go all in and hold nothing back. I know that the Lord has blessed you with a gift. He's blessed all of us with a gift to be used for His glory. That's what a Christ style does. 
Christ style uses the gifts that God has given us, going all in, holding nothing back. It was about last summer, we were three months into the pandemic. I was doing some work out cleaning the garage. And I realized, and I found a bag, I found a bag of clothes in my garage. And you've probably done this at one point too. I'd realized that the summer before, I had gone through my closet, had taken out some clothes, and I said, I'm going to take these to the Salvation Army. I'm going to take these to the, um, you know, to the guild so that they could be given away. And so I put them into a trash bag. And I eventually moved that bag from my closet. It sat there in my closet for about a week, and I moved it to the front door, where it sat for about another week. And then I took it a step further, and I moved that to the back of my car. I drove around with that bag of clothes in my car for about another two weeks without stopping and dropping it off. One weekend, I was out in the driveway washing the car and opened up all of the doors. You know, you're going to clean inside. You're going to vacuum. So what do you do? You start taking things out, right? You take trash out and you put it in the trash. There's trash in my car. I'm not going to lie. And, and, but I, I ended up taking this bag of clothes out and I put it back in the, in the garage. What I found this last summer, about three, three months into pandemic, is I found this bag of clothes. And it really didn't bother me right away to look at this bag of clothes until I opened it up. And I found that mice had got into this bag of clothes. So it's a bag of clothes. So I just walk across the driveway and I put it in the trash can to throw it away. That's when it hit me. That's when it hit me that in that bag of clothes were shoes and were a couple of coats and were some decent shirts. And I realized that while that gift of clothes was in the back of my car, somebody may have been cold at night because I didn't give that gift. Somebody may have been really needing one of those nice shirts because they had a Zoom interview for a new job. And you know what I did? I wasted a gift. I took something that I was going to give, something that I had to give, something that was packed up. It was in my car. I had a gift that was all ready to go, and I wasted it. I wonder if we have any gifts that God has given us that is packed up and ready to go, but we're not using I wonder if there is somebody out there that is waiting to hear from you or needs somebody that would just simply listen because that's your gift. See, it's not enough for us to say, oh, you know what, I'll use my gift when I can. Because honestly, you don't know when you're going to be able to use your gift. See, if you let it sit... You might be saving your gift. You might say, you know what, I'm just going to put it in the garage and I'm going to save it. But let's not fool ourselves and tell ourselves that there's never going to be a way that we're going to lose that gift. I didn't think I was going to lose those clothes and I waited and now they're destroyed. 
If you're holding on to your gift, something could happen. Something could happen. What if your gift is singing? You're holding on to it, but you lose your voice. I wonder if we have lost our opportunity to use our gift for the kingdom. Your new Christ style has responsibilities. If your gift is singing, sing loud right now. If your gift is giving, give loud right now. If your gift is listening, then listen loud right now. If your gift is teaching, then teach loud right now. We all have to go all in and hold nothing back. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes this to the church in Corinth in chapter 12. He writes this, he says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Verse number 7, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. Verse 11, it is the one and the only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. Yes, The body has many different parts, not just one part. We've heard this before. If the foot says, you know what? I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. And that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, How would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part, he has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would it be if we had only one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, "Ah, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, yeah. I don't need you. We all need every part of the body because every part of the body has been given a different, very specific gift. Everyone in this room here has a gift that you have been given. Everyone watching at home, you have a gift from God that you have been given. Let me tell you something. I don't have your gift. I don't. Some of you have, some of you are artistic. I can, I can draw a stick man. That's about it. Please, please, please don't leave ministry up to your pastor. He doesn't have all of the gifts. For those of you watching on our digital campus, let me tell you something. You know and you've heard us say that this church is always going to broadcast live. We're going to be here at paris.online.church and at digital.online.church. If you're joining us from out of town, 
Monday nights we have a Bible study. Your gift might be to lead a Bible study. As a matter of fact, I'll just use this as a platform right now to tell you, we need a leader for Monday night Bible study. Is that your gift? Monday nights, or uh, Thursday nights, we have a men's group. We've got a great leader. Jerry has stepped in to lead men's group. If you would have asked us two years ago where Jerry's gift was, he might not have said leading men's group. Jerry is an amazing leader of men's group. But you know what? That men's group still has to happen, even during a pandemic. Our gifts cannot stop, stop being used. Our Christ style requires us to continue to use the gifts that God has given us. Finally, in this scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse number 8, it ends like this. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, you're, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Here's the final point in your notes this morning. Your new Christ style demands action. Your new Christ style demands action. Couches are comfortable. Sometimes we don't do a whole lot of work there. Sometimes we don't act there. And again, I'm going to put an asterisk on this and let you know, I understand where we are. I get it. This church is open. The need for the gospel has increased. It hasn't decreased. It has increased. You have a gift, a God-given gift. I'll say it again. And I'll be 100% honest with you. My gifts, my gifts are limited. I don't have the gifts that you do. I don't have the gifts that David has. He's going to come back up and play and sing for us again here in a minute. I don't have those gifts. You have a gift that was given to you specifically to be used for God's glory. That's why it's there. Your new Christ style demands action. You've heard, the, you've heard the term going with the flow, right? Just go with the flow. You know that going with the flow means that you're going to be doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, right? That's what our world does. It goes with the flow. You know what happens if everyone is doing the same thing? That means that... that there is no difference between what somebody else is doing and what you are doing. You're all doing the same thing. God didn't make us all the same. He didn't give us all the same gifts. If we all showed up, if our gift was transportation ministry, we would all get here, but we wouldn't learn anything. We would all get here, but nobody would sing to us. If, if all of us had the gift of being hospitality and handing out welcome cards, that would be great. We can hand out cards 
but there would be nobody to teach, nobody to sing. You have a gift that is different than somebody else. We have to use our specific gifts. I'm going to bring this back around, and I'll close with this. You say, well, pastor, what does this have to do with my identity? It has to do with the fact that your identity in Christ, your Christ style is set. We have, we have our Christ style that is written out for us. Your responsibilities in Christ have not changed. Your commission in Christ has not changed. A pandemic does not change the Great Commission. It was never given to us. Acts chapter 1, 7, it does not say go until. It doesn't say go if. It just says go. The way we get there might be different. I don't know about your house, but at my house, for the last year, every single one of my electric bills has shown up in the mail on time. Everyone, it's got there. The electric company, the gas company, water company, the sewer bill, they're all showing up on time. And let me tell you something. They all have an expectation of me. Now, how I interact with them may change. I might be paying a few more of them online. I might be paying some of them out of stimulus check. I get it. The way we interact with those may have changed, but those bills are still there. They still need paid. I still have a responsibility to them, right? There is frequency and regularity of these bills. That has not changed. Every month, I have a responsibility of finance to Southern California Edison, and every day I have a responsibility of loving others and carrying out the Great Commission to Jesus. Every single day, it does not change. There are people in our church family who we haven't heard from in 52 weeks. Will you call them? If you need a phone number, reach out to myself, reach out to Kelly, reach out to Chantel. Because we might have some contact information. We've got a responsibility. Our Christ style demands action. It demands a change from our lifestyle to a Christ style. It demands us to see Christ first. It's not looking at ourselves first. It's looking at Jesus first. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you for the words of Paul giving us a Christ style, giving us the details of what we need to properly live our lives for you. Lord, this morning I thank you that you have shown us how important it is to continue not only in your word and in our growth, but to continue using our gifts for you. 
no matter what this world presents us. Lord, this morning I pray for those in our church family and in every church family who have not been heard from in a year. If you're watching online right now and you haven't heard from anyone in the church, do me a favor and reach out. Say hello in the chat rooms. Say, hey, I'm here. Here's my number. Call me. We want to. We miss you. As a matter of fact, we miss church the way it was. And I understand that things are different, but Lord, don't let us become complacent. Don't let us get comfortable. Don't let us become who we are now and forget who we need to be in you. Don't let us create a lifestyle that is far from a Christ style. Lord, this morning, if there is anyone here, either in our room or online, who has been with us through this series on identity and can see that the way we're living right now and the way that we need to be living are two different things. Lord, I pray that I pray that you will just remind us that you have a plan for us. That you will remind us that your direction for our lives is in the book. We all have a copy. We all have somebody in this church who was given the gift of teaching. Somebody was given the gift of listening. You need to talk to somebody today? There's people here who have the gift of listening. We are here to help each other, to come alongside each other with our gifts. Lord, let us not continue to walk in a lifestyle that is created by either our own mind or this world. Lord, let us walk and live in a Christ style. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name.